Microsoft. Is the stream live? We are live. Okay. Hi. I can't see anything. <laughs> so hi, everybody. Welcome. I don't know if my face is here or not. Welcome to Best of Five. We are your weekly fighting game talk show. Uh, I am not your regular host, Elon. He is a bit under the weather. So first off, let's let's send the man a bit of a spirit bomb. Come on. That's a golf clap, but you know, I mean, I mean, it's the I, most I clap. <laughs> I, I, that's that's all I got, really. It's it's been a day. So, uh, with Elon not here, uh, I am taking the reins again, and uh, it's going to be a wild ride. But and you know who else should be here? Since it's going to be a wild ride, there's going to be chaos. There's going to be degeneracy. We need the queen. Of degeneracy, so we have the purple sharpie joining us. What's good? What's good? I took a long scheduled day from actually receiving my award directly from Twitch for being the least successful streamer during their Black History Month. So I'm incredibly happy to state that I am a nobody. What's good, everybody? Well, I mean, let's be real. It is March, so now we're both nobodies. It's, it's well. I mean, I'm I'm I am a woman. Okay. I do present as femme. So, you, you, so I mean, it's still a great month for me. But my condolences on uh on the uh, on the lottery there, you, friend. You get the double <laughs> jab. I, this this show just took a dark turn right off the bat. <laughs> it's okay, everybody. I I still have gigs. I still have gigs, um, for a short period of time. Uh, anyway, and more lighter news. Steve, don't we have some amazing conversation points today? Uh, we've got a couple things to discuss. Uh, so we will later on tonight, we'll be talking about uh, uh, KOF 15. We don't have a trailer this week, but uh, we do have some news about something that may be coming down the pipe for that game. Um, and we'll also be talking about... Uh, the newest update for Guilty Gear Plus R, uh, the replay function that everybody is talking about right now. But It's a doozy. But let's begin this week's show the way we ended last week's show, and that is talking about Skullgirls. This was announced just as we were winding things down last week. Uh, Sharp, you want to... Because... I, I wish I had the clip up. We had arguably the greatest scream right as we were going off the air. I couldn't hold it in anymore. And chat, I was I was trying very hard to be professional and respectful on stream. Steve, was I not trying hard? I mean, I was on my phone a lot, but I was trying, right? And the only reason I'm not usually on my phone when we broadcast, it's almost only because there's some crazy amount of news and there was crazy amount of news in the very last moments and i kind of lost my stuff <laughs> i i definitely lost it i, I will um, say we have never had any panelists be on their phone for the bulk of the show before never happened never ever only the ever. most professional people can be on this stream we are professional. case in point we are professional. We are 100% on point all the time. No mistakes ever. Ever. So. Ever. That's not what you can expect here. Now, you may expect it on other streams, such as like anything on twitch.tv slash the purple sharpie. But um, I wouldn't expect it here, to be honest. Moving forward with the next point, like you said, there's been so much news, literally so much news inside the Skullgirls community. And I have some things to start with are we ready are we ready steve i'll let you take the wheel on this one all right so uh in the very first or the final moments of stream we actually had huge amounts of news starting with Skullgirls receiving a brand new patch now if y'all know Skullgirls, Skullgirls has been out now for i believe just under 10 years uh, it's 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 a it's a very very beloved indie classic in the fighting game realm, um, and it's always suffered from not being a huge publisher in games. So uh, it's very 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 dedicated audience inside of this game, which I am a part of, um, and an absolutely lovely community, which I'm also a part of. Uh, the amazing news that happened was that five brand new DLC characters were announced. 
Uh, the very first character we do currently know is going to be Annie of the Stars. Uh, she is going to be announced for early March 2021. And they did say early, which means we can either expect her this week, next week, or the week after next. And that is incredibly exciting. We're finally going to be able to play with her inside of Second Encore, which what's, again, is the fighting game. The even bigger announcement is that they are announcing four brand new DLC characters who have yet to be announced. Hashtag put Sharpie and Skullgirls. And we are so incredibly excited to see what they announce. Even bigger than literally any of that in case I wasn't blowing your mind for whatever reason yet, okay? The real, real crisp, super great, uh, antithesis of my God, I should not play Skullgirls moment was announced inside of these crazy patch notes. They have officially rolled up all of the DLC inside of Skullgirls and put it inside of one cute, clean, convenient package. So if you go to Steam, Right now, you pick up the game, you will get all the DLC characters. That's the Japanese voiceovers. That is all of the palettes. That is every single DLC character in the game included right now if you purchase the game. Just because they're announcing this brand new season pass, which is huge. All of that for $10. Prior to that, the retail price was about $25. It's a big, big deal. And I am super excited. Uh, I actually reinstalled Skullgirls for the very first time in seven months. Uh, Earlier this past week, after the announcement, I actually immediately went on stream, installed the game, and started playing it literally immediately after the patch came out. Uh, they have removed any references of the old game developers who were problematic, and we are now moving forward with Hidden Variable, the mobile Skullgirls developers, uh, as the forefront on there. We still have Autumn Games, which is fantastic, but I am just one, Steve. I'm incredibly excited to see these new DLC characters, but I do have to ask, is there a specific character inside the Skullgirls universe that you're very excited for? I'll start. I'm very excited for Roxy. And uh, I know we don't have any pictures here of Roxy, but Roxy is an African-American engineer who serves for Parasol under the Canopy Kingdom's army to defend against the Skullgirl. She's really cool. See, I was kind of hoping for Umbrella, I'm, I'm thinking mm. she might be later on, um, but honestly, I, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm sh like the, the ongoing joke. If you saw the old fighterpedia video for Skullgirls launch party or day, we're talking about a game that is now nine years old. Mm -hmm. There are people who have won games at Evo younger than this game. Shoutouts to Noah. Um, still doing things with uh, Friday Night Nightmares, I believe it is. Yeah. I forget if it's Friday night or Monday night, but uh, still holding it down. But yeah. Um, uh, so let's take a look at uh, what she was talking about. Yeah. Game's on sale for $10 right now. Uh, and that includes all of the previous DLC. Um, the season pass is on sale right now for $29.99. It's normally going to be $34.99. That includes Annie, and that includes the other three characters in the uh, in the season. Uh, the characters by themselves are going to be $9.99. That's the other thing I was going to ask you about. Mm -hmm. Now, if, if you remember back to the Indiegogo campaign, um, mm -hmm. And they talked about, you know, here's what goes into developing a character for a game. This is why we're asking for so much. Mm -hmm. Do you think that sort of goodwill will transfer over all these years later? Talking about a DLC character, a single character for $10? So my whole thing is, I feel like everyone who put money into Skullgirls saw more than what they put into Skullgirls reflected inside of the game. Uh, something important that isn't reflected inside of these prices is that all the DLC that came out for Skullgirls prior to this update was free for the first 90 days it came out. That means even if you didn't support the Indiegogo, the Kickstarter or whatever, even if you had in no way, shape or form uh, assisted in the creation of the game, you exclusively own the game, that means someone may have given it to you, that means someone may have gifted it to you, or maybe you just stole the code from me on Twitter uh, because, I don't know, you happen to be really interested in my tweets. Uh, 
then you were able to download the DLC for 90 days for free on Steam and keep that DLC permanently. Every single DLC had that caveat. Uh, Big Ban, Robo Fortune, Beowulf, Eliza, uh, every single character that came out had that because that was a fundamental belief that the studio had and that was their showing of goodwill. They forgoed a lot of money doing that as an act and I have never ever seen another fighting game developer or honestly any game company come out with a, a business model like that. You look at games like Killer Instinct where you buy all the DLC under season passes, which is once again, more expensive than they're asking for here as either DLC. You look at games like, um, oh my gosh, a great one is actually Street Fighter. DLC costumes are more expensive than the, what they're asking for for just a character. So when you think about the fact that there is a significant price difference and it's significantly lower than what a lot of other companies have been asking for, for things that I would say are lesser than, um, I feel like it's still a very, very good business model, especially since uh, Hidden Variable uh, is doing more with less. Do, now, here's here's the important question, though, when you compare it to Street Fighter. do any uh, Is there any part of the season pass for Skullgirls that could be considered a chundle? I'm confused by what that Oh, you that, don't that know the means. lore of the chundle. Is that where they steal money from you, the consumer, despite supporting their product? No, that's when you get a whole bunch of chuddly costumes in a bundle. That's a yeah. I, I can, I can promise you that concept doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't happen in Skullgirls because our our developers actually care about us as consumers. But, but if um, if we don't have any Chun-Li costumes, can we really call it a season pass though? See, I feel like the concept of of outfits is moot inside of a game where the con where the entire point is beating someone up. I feel like the only thing you should kind of have to pay for is palettes. And once again, every single palette ever created would be unlocked right now in the bundle because it used to be DLC. It used to be DLC. It used to be $15 DLC to get every single palette automatically unlocked inside of the game as a way to just support them. And it also included voiceover, so it wasn't even just fashion. That's where other games kind of have me mixed is because to be very honest with you, even if they did come out with a singular item just for someone like oh, Big Ben or Cerebella, um, oh God, I'm so sorry. It's like just saying the words almost made me want to vomit. Yeah. But if they I, decided I, to come out I've with a specific character, it. I've got these if like, you need it. <laughs> It, <laughs> if they decided to come out with a specific item just for those characters and some very, very amazing redone fashion for that character and they charge uh, more than $10 for it, I, I would still support the game. Oh, no. Why would anyone do it, though? Why? Why would anyone do No one. They would never do that. They would never. They would never. Our, <laughs> it's it's going to be okay. They wouldn't do that to me. It's going to be okay. We're, we're going to get through okay. this together. We're going to get through this together, Sharpie. It's a it's, fighting game. They wouldn't do that. It's, it's, it's a fighting game. Why would you do it in a fighting game? It's, like, it's a fighting game. Every, everybody gets, you know, different strokes for different folks. You know, some people like playing dress up. I, I mean, I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean, we joke all the time about, uh, you know, you see the jokes for Dead or Alive all the time about how it's more of a dress-up simulator than a fighting game. But there are legitimately fans that enjoy that aspect. Not even necessarily in a sexual sense, just enjoy that aspect. And, you know, if that adds more money to uh, the developer's bank account so that they can continue supporting the game, why not? Yeah, no, I've also played Tekken 7. <laughs> All right. So, uh... We do actually have more news than just that, obviously. Uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about in the Skullgirls universe, but I think we should go through the remainder of our news first, and then we should cover some of the uh, fantastic opinion pieces I have for tonight's stream. Yeah, we're, we're going to go... We're, we're keeping it loose here. Alon's usually the steady hand that drives this ship it's me now baby it's we're, we're it's sharpie we're, says we're running this <laughs> into the ground tonight um 
this would normally be the portion of the show where we show off the newest uh, Tekken, or not Tekken, King of Fighters 15 trailer. Because there's one of those every week. But nothing as of yet. We'll probably get one tomorrow. But uh, we got two last week uh, to coincide with the Japanese uh, fighting game publishers roundtable. So nothing this week. But we did get some news. Um, obviously, the big thing coming out of the roundtable as a, uh, in regards to King of Fighters 15, other than the character, uh, was producer Oda kind of sidestepping the topic when it came to discussing the, po- the possibility of rollback in King of Fighters 15. Uh, that got a whole lot of attention on social media, uh, hashtag KOF rollback was uh, trending in certain circles, uh, and we finally got a response uh, from from Oda himself, and that reads, quote, let me hit the transition button, sorry, uh, quote, great to see lots of passionate SNK rollback fans. You will be happy to hear that we have been working hard on an internal rollback solution for King of Fighters 15 from early in the dev cycle. There is still a lot of work remaining, so we can't make any promises yet, but be patient. End quote. So we are, you know, they're working on it. They're working on it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that, Steve. That was just me getting excited. I, I usually leave my excited over here, but um, I heard rollback and I had to get it. Okay. All right. So you got it now? I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm incredibly excited. They're putting rollback very possibly inside of King of Fighters 15 from the get go. Let's go. What a world, right? So possibly. Possibly. They are working on it. So. This appears to be a situation very similar to uh, what we talked about with Arika for uh, for Fexel. It's a little more definitive in that case. They have said that they're going to launch with delay, but they're working on rollback and possibly implementing that into the game in the future. Now, in this case, we don't know if it's going to be available on launch. We don't know if it's going to be made available later. There's no guarantee that it's going to be implemented at all. So, if we have a situation where KOF launches with delay-based netcode, with the possibility down the line of rollback being implemented, how do you think that, that impacts the game's launch? It's difficult because... I know rollback is so clean, right? And so I know that a lot of people are saying, you know, this is their own brand of rollback. I want to remind everyone that GGPO is technically common source and the actual source code needed for GGPO is literally out there for everyone to use. So just because it's not GGPO doesn't mean it's based, it's not based off of GGPO. I want to make that very clear uh, because GGPO is, I think, to be very honest with you, the the only rollback based netcode I know about is there are there other are there other sources of rollback netcode besides GGPO and these custom company made ones? Uh, GGPO is the biggest one. Am I incorrect? That is that is by far the most well known. Um, that's what I thought too because they even have it for old base games. Yeah. That's what that's what they do for Fightcade and things like that. So it's it's. I want people to remember that all of the implementation here from rollback does come from GGPO being now open source and available for everyone to see inside of it. Uh, Chad is saying there's a million different types of rollback. You use both the most well-known and the FGC. That's fantastic. I I would assume one of the reasons why we're seeing it in a lot of games right now is not only because it's open source, uh, but also obviously because finally games are starting to come out inside of the environment where, well, the only people to play our games right now will exclusively be playing online. Yeah. Every single one, every single game at EVO last year was exclusively online. So a lot of people, when they come out with games, that is now their priority. That is now something they have to test. And so a lot of people are attempting things, but they have that for their foundation. I think if they actually did come out 
with delay based. Um, it's impossible for me to tell how it would feel, but I can tell you right now, if on launch that netcode is not set, they're setting themselves up for disaster, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it, you can't implement rollback changes after the fact and not miss that first window of opportunity of a first impression with a consumer. Because all it takes is one moment of being like, this doesn't feel great for people to be like, I don't want to play this game. That's all it takes is one moment like that. And I don't believe that delay-based netcode currently has that feature compared to role-based netcode. But um, that's just my thoughts on it. I'm not a programmer, obviously. I'm just a gamer. And just based off the terms that I know here, that's that's what I would guesstimate. Yeah. Um, obviously, you, you talked about first impressions. And whenever I think about KOF, I think about KOF 14. And mm. the, the how rough people were on the graphics for yeah. that, you know, the, the old PS2 best there the ps2 classics cover for kof 14 is yeah still... and they even fixed it later on yeah. they did a graphics update but it didn't matter because that's still the impression that most people had of the game regardless you and, know and that's what i'm afraid of if we get that launch of uh of uh, delay based netco with kof because if you have obviously at that point you, most of the people who will be playing it will be pe people who bought the game. So there's already that financial investment. But it's tough when your closest competition in terms of launch windows is Guilty Gear and they're, what they're hanging their hat on right now is that fantastic netcode, which is uh, an internal solution, not GGPO, but early reviews based on the demo are that it is fantastic. And to go from that to a poorly implemented delay-based netcode would be... I, I, I feel it would be a bit bigger of a hill to climb back from. I think with the graphics, because you saw the trailers sort of evolve over time with uh, KOF 14, um, they're obviously... They came out and said, you know what, we're we're a smaller team. We're this is our first time working in 3D like this. Uh, I I think some people were willing to give that game a little bit of a, a little bit of slack. I don't know in this environment where netcode is so important, like you said, that's the only way we're playing right now. Mm -hmm. If you don't get that right out the box, it's going to be very very tough to recover because i can you know uh strive is going to be looking pretty pretty good uh for your for your gaming dollar at that point now you know as always steve we're just coming out of black history month it's not my place to speak ill of you know uh all of my kinfolk out here um and as much as i hate it i i would much rather deal with a disgusting vile, horrible Potemkin on uh, on rollback than I would on delay-based netcode, honestly. So it's just, it, it really is the standard nowadays. It really is. That, 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 that's a lot coming from you. So mm -hmm. that, it, I know you it, don't it, it joke hurt, about It that hurt so. saying that. It did. Um, you know, and the only thing I think more disgusting than Potemkin are May players. But I, I have a little bit of respect, at least, for May players. You know what I mean? And just with the rollbacks, I have... I have a little bit respect more for Potemkin players because that means a lot of their BS that they usually do on terrible connections don't work anymore. You know? Uh, I, You know what? I was going to make dinner right after this. Uh, I left my pepper out of the cupboard. Uh, I'm going to borrow some, some salt of that. here. I, I'm going to borrow some of that salt real quick. Um, you know, you, we talked about Guilty Gear a second ago. Uh, mm hmm Let's talk about Plus R. Plus, definitely. We were definitely talking about Strive. I think Plus R um, is a big topic on everyone's minds right now, and that's because very recently Plus R had quite a few additional uh, notes and updates to it as well. And one of the crazy things that we got to see was training dummy options inside of the game, in addition to a bunch of replay 
uh, abilities inside of the game as well. So now when you replay the game, you can actually have your player step in and actually go through and do different things at different points inside of the game because of role-based netcode. So a good example that we have, and I think we actually have video footage of this, is there's a replay going on. Uh, the player actually goes ahead and takes control of the player one situation and changes an input in the middle of the game in order to defeat something and ends up not getting hit and instead punishes them for it. So this is a fantastic training mode change. This is huge. You can also change a couple of different things inside of the game. You can set uh, the training dummy to be stunned, to be uh, to be attacked. You can do different replay stages while you're in the process of training. It's a big, big deal. Uh, you can also use like, but once again, the big feature that I was talking about before is known as playback as reversal, which basically means you record a move, you then go ahead and do the playback inside of the save state or whatever, and then you have an opportunity to do a reversal or do the save thing that whatever you did inside of the middle of the training mode, and it does that, which allows you to basically learn different things to change things. Uh, you can also do... No, that's, that's basically it. You can basically never lose to anything now if you actually train. But once again, this 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 uh, update is a big deal, but it will really only affect the five people who actually lab. So we don't really have to worry about this changing the meta of the gameplay at all. So let's take a look at this in action real quick. So here we go. And you can see... Here we go. We're starting from the beginning. And at any point... You can reverse. You can reverse and uh, try testing it out as a reversal. So, very very cool uh, implementation. Let me bring you back on here, Sharpie. Uh, there we go. First times we've seen it inside of a fighting game. Um, it's it's very important implementation. This is groundbreaking and this is really setting the standard. Uh, the crazy thing about it is Plus R is getting it. So uh, congrats to everyone in the Plus R community. Y'all have been having a fantastic last two years. That's a big deal. Uh, that's a really, really big deal. So do you think that a feature like this, because I have been, in a different way, I have been harping on fighting game training modes for a long time. Do you think something like this is going to bring in a large number of new players to Plus R? No. I, I want to remind people that we have a very small subset. The joke previously about only five people actually affecting because they know how to use training mode was was not a, in an, a joke in its entirety. There are a lot of people who don't really know how to utilize training mode. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm one of them. I am very, very guilty of not understanding completely how to lab every single thing out. There are very few professional players who actually know how to utilize training mode uh, to the fullest of its abilities to train and to practice certain techniques inside of the game. Uh, it's a very, very, very hard thing to do. And to assume that beginner or even lower intermediate players will have an ability to do things like that, um, I don't think is really uh, is really fair. Because <laughs> a, a lot of people can't use training mode. Not don't, they can't. They can open it and they can practice their combos, but that's all they're doing. They're not actually labbing out techniques on how to block certain fuzzies or or how to how to uh, how to uh, what what frame or what window they can do a certain reversal in or like if this is the point at which this is safe. It's not necessarily that we get people that we have issues getting new people inside of games. I think Stripe is a fantastic example of a lot of people coming from communities like Tekken or Smash or Street Fighter or Dragon Ball Fighters and all coming together into one game and being like, I love this right now. Um, but I think the big problem is when they get there, there are certain hurdles they fall into where people are unable to move to the next level of tech because they don't have all the tools they need. And training mode only works against them in some regard. I think this is a very big step forward in that movement. But assuming that everybody will utilize those tools, I don't think will happen. See, I don't when I'm that 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 that. Man, Elon, you we should double your pay. When I am done, da 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 da. So, I don't think this 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 mode is great to see. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's the game changer because 
this is obviously for people who are very who take training mode very seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're playing plus R at this point, I mean, you're probably you you might be doing a little bit of lab work already. So it's a great tool for them, but I don't know how many new people is going to necessarily bring into the fold. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of spinning off on that, uh, I feel like for a long time, training modes have been lacking in a lot of games and not necessarily aimed at the serious player, the type of player who'd be watching a sh- show like this right now, but the newer players. Uh, this is something I think uh, Guilty Gear did a pretty good job with. Skullgirls did a really good job with. Not Undernight, just, KI. Under, yeah. But we haven't necessarily seen it to that level in Tekken or Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, the, the, like the biggest name games, mm-hmm. where you explain to players, okay, here's how you do an, a move. Here's why you do a move. Because if you if compare it to something like like Madden, um, if you're playing Madden, you're probably a fan of of NFL of the NFL. If you're playing 2K, you're probably a fan of basketball. If you're if you're uh, playing Modern Warfare, you probably have a general idea of how guns work. Those universes have rules that players have some understanding of from the offset. Whereas with fighting games, we're basically creating that move. We're creating that world from scratch. You know, okay, he can throw a fireball. He can jump twice, three times in the air. This guy can fly. That guy can't. So there isn't necessarily that inherent knowledge um, that exists with other games. So there is sort of a bit more hand-holding you have to do. There is more of the strategy you have to explain so that people can get at least a start in terms of knowing what to do, knowing why they want to do certain things. Um, and like I said, it's not necessarily directly related to what we're seeing with Plus R, which is... I mean, we've we've seen the rollback test in Plus R. We're seeing this now. It's fantastic to see, but I I I feel like it's my chance to jump on that train again. That that is what's really if we're going to see a fighting game go to that next level, that that much wider acceptance outside of uh, Smash, which has the help of having most of the most memorable characters in video game history in it. Um, Aside from that, I feel like training mode and teaching players how to play the game is something that is really lacking in a lot of fighting games, especially uh, the top, the triple A titles. What I would... What I would say, and this is going to lead into my very next opinion piece, which I would like to call, as everyone knows, Sharpie Speaks. Um, and I want to thank you so much for giving me a fantastic segue into this fantastic uh, soapbox I'm about to stand on here, Steve. Uh, but I would say that not only are you correct about this game really pushing the limits of what we are going to start expecting from fighting games. But this game is done by one of those quote unquote AAA producers that has been around for a while. Like Arc System, Arc Arc Arxis is not a company that doesn't know fighting games. You know? Guilty Gear's been around for a while. And it was around during the arcade days. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Capcom. Yeah, it, it's not it's not beating Smash, but they they know. They know and they've been here for a minute, right? Um one of the things I want to start seeing more in these games is I want to start seeing specifically people start to reach out from all fighting games, not just the AAA publisher ones, all right? Uh, what do I mean by this? <laughs> is she going to bring Skullgirls into it? Heck yes, I am. Okay, uh, Skullgirls, I think, is a fantastic example of a game that has done everything right 
end the game, okay? Uh, I say this because there's a lot of press that happened that we can't really control, but in the game, the game itself was very well constructed. Uh, the way that they came out with DLC characters and a lot of the additions side of the game was very well constructed. Uh, a lot of the tools and everything inside of the games were really well constructed. And then there came a mobile game that stayed true to what the game was and brought in an even bigger influx of the audience. Why am I bringing up Skullgirls right now? Well, a big part of the fighting game community didn't touch Skullgirls, not because they didn't like the mechanics, not because they didn't like the art style, just because it wasn't from a big publisher, right? Uh, there are quite a few other games that this occurs with. Melty Blood, Undernight, Killer Instinct, right? There there are so many games. Oh my gosh, I, I, I would be so loath if I were to get Lethal League. These are games that have been very, very well polished, have been very, very well made. Um, and just because they don't reflect the top three names that we usually see when we pick up a fighting game, they are treated differently by the community because they don't have the same brand recognition and the mechanics are put to the side, resulting in games that don't always reflect our best wants and needs inside of the consumer, inside of, inside of as being a main part of the consumer land, right? Um, I think a really good example is Mortal Kombat 10, which had terrible netcode. Terrible netcode. The netcode in MKX was horrible. It was horrific. MK11 uh, was a little bit, was, was better. I mean, you could see the indicators. You could see if someone was on Wi-Fi before. And that small change helped players so much. It helped them feel a lot more secure in playing the game and help them enjoy the game more. Uh, these are things that existed inside of KI, Undernight, and Skullgirls previously. Wireless indicators are not a new thing for Skullgirls players. It's just really strange that it could be added into a game five years after the fact that everyone's like, this is so revolutionary. It's like, you guys are really, you guys are really not speaking as to what you want here. I think is what it really comes down to. I was excited for the I was excited for the round table because it felt like there was finally a point in time where all the big companies got together and been like, look, we're getting left behind. What do we have to change? Because no one's telling us what we have to change or we're not listening to what we have to change. That's a good place to start. But the reality is a lot of these independent games are doing things bigger, better, and they're just a lot flashier when they did it. I believe we actually have a video from a new game that I actually discovered earlier. I shouldn't say discovered because I, I I hate that that implies that it didn't exist prior to me finding it. But I, I was previously recommended a game. I believe we have video footage of it. Can you go ahead and pull that up? Let I me see. can. I'm going to pull it okay. up for like 15 seconds because I thought I fixed your audio. Uh, but okay. I so you're going to go mute for a second. So check this game this is called out. Five Force Fighters, everyone. Say it again one more time. Five Force Fighters. Five Force Fighters. Check it out. Was a look at Five Force Fighters. Yep. Now, what I'd like to ask people, just or actually just you, Steve, if 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 you were a betting man, how many people would you guesstimate worked on that project? I would say I would be able to count them on my hand. I need I need a number estimation. I would say four. Four people. Okay. Good, good, good guess. You're actually incorrect. Correct. The answer is one. There is one independent developer working on this game, a 23-year-old African-American man working on this game and has been working on it for, I believe, just over a year now. He made this by himself in Unity. Uh, it's kind of amazing. It's very, very amazing. There's an active Discord where he is receiving credit and he's getting uh, thoughts 
and feedback from the community from. But this is this is one person. It's, and uh, I don't know if you saw, but the main character there is uh, a, a, p- a person of color who seems kind of flashy, huh? <laughs> All of the characters inside of this game are people of color, just as an aside. Okay. Um, the, the demo isn't unfortunately out yet, but, 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 but we're getting to the point where this game is very, very, very close so I do want to remind everyone to go ahead and check out his Twitter. His Twitter is twitter.com slash Kaizen underscore Creed. That's K as in Kilo, A as in Alpha, I as in India, Z as in Zeta, E as in Echo, N as in November, underscore C as in Charlie, R as in Romeo, E as in Echo, E as in Echo, D as in Delta. All right. And it's fantastic because of how active they are on Discord. Uh, they're, they're located in Oregon, USA. But my reality, my, my point here is that it didn't take him years of working with Arxis or Bandai Namco or Nintendo or Capcom to decide what type of game he made. He was like, I want to make this game. And he made it right. Game development is not gate kept the same, like the same way these developers would like for you to think anyone can make this. And that's why it's so dangerous that these developers have not adapted yet is because the independent creation market specifically for gaming is so accessible right now. It's very, very accessible. Um, The fact that people are adapting finally as required by the pandemic has only exacerbated the speed at which uh, I believe that honestly, to be very honest with you right now, and I may get some hate for this without the quarantine, Without the quarantine, I don't think we would have seen anything change for Guilty Gear Strive. I don't think we would be seeing any of these changes that we're seeing inside of the, all these large AAA publisher games. We wouldn't be seeing any of them. The only way we're the only reason why we're seeing it is because fundamentally they have come to realize that there was money attached with the consumer's experience when they played online, and now that that money is attached, they now feel the need to go ahead and change that. And we're still seeing it inside of certain games not being addressed whatsoever, despite them profiting from it. For example, the uh, Nationals for the Dragon Ball Fighters games. You have Dragon Ball Fighters players right now that are literally stating, I cannot play this game anymore. I cannot play it. And the only reason they are stating that is because they literally cannot play that game anymore. They, they can't. It's unplayable. It, having to get an Amazon server in order to play your game does not mean that game is playable. That's that's not what that means. And it's very nice to see that developers are starting to kind of tip their toe into, well, let's fix, you know, this net code and maybe just make it playable. But I'm interested in seeing which developers will actually take that to heart and permanently create solutions that work on all consoles moving forward. Not exclusively when it's under the fire and it's affecting their bottom line, but when it's actually affecting consumer uh, consumer reactions and consumer feedback, when it's actually affecting how the consumers play, that's what we need. That permanent side of, hey, you need to fix the rollback in your game because we're having a horrible experience with it. Um, yeah, I-, I wish the community would would push games that focus on the consumer's enjoyment instead of just pushing games that have old IPs that aren't necessarily changing the model of what we expect inside of the game. Because there are very few ways that we have as consumers inside of the fighting game community to share show our voices. And it feels like indie games have always tried to make sure that they capture what we want from games, whereas some other publishers have not. Yeah, And, and that's Sharpie Says. That is Sharpie Says. I'm not currently inside the Discord call. I am actually currently inside the Discord call. You're not inside the Discord call, but chat will figure it out for us. I believe in our chat. You know, I know some of them play grapplers, but I believe that they're strong enough to get through this together. I genuinely believe in the power of our chat, and I think the real power was the power of grapplers all along. It's okay, because you can't hear me say that, so it never happened, but I will acknowledge that uh, grapplers are not all bad. I will say that, and I do want to thank Noin X underscore doodles for subscribing with Prime Gaming. You're the real Prime MPP for this great for this for this gaming, sir. Um, and thank you as well. Thank you as well. Did you all know it was called Prime Gaming? I didn't know that. Is isn't that weird? That's kind of weird. So right now I'm 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 being focused. I can see on stream. Um, but to be very honest with you, 
it, it appears Steve can't hear me, which is just par on the course for how school rules tr- players are honestly che- treated in this community. You know, you know what been, has been like the biggest gag for me personally, like watching this whole uh, Skullgirls ultimately becoming one of the only games from like the early 2000s to still be played right now actively and is still getting support. Isn't that just funny? And here I am, a Skullgirls player, someone who almost exclusively only plays Skullgirls, and I'm sitting here like the face of the fighting game community. That's so crazy, isn't it? I hold the power of it. Hi, Steve. Hi, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Uh, I was not in any way, shape, or form talking about overthrowing the fighting game community and setting myself up as the queen and then immediately forcing everyone to start playing Skullgirls. I wasn't doing that, so you don't have anything to worry about. Oh, thank goodness, because that would have been disastrous. Yeah, uh, yeah, all right. yeah. We do have a little bit of uh, business to follow. Uh, we got to thank uh, XO Doodles uh, for subscribing. I already thanked them. Oh. Well, dang. Can I? Can yeah, I, I sang him a little song and everything. We had we had confetti and a cake. You should have been here. Can, can I do my clap so I feel like I contributed a little bit? I mean, you definitely can. Just understand that you're treating them significantly different than we treat everyone else who subscribes. So as long as you're comfortable with that. I, I, I'm I I'm cool with that. Okay. Um, because I, I'm running the show tonight. It's, it's a little wild. That's true. You are. You're a great host. So I apologize for the technical difficulties there. Um, I am having a day uh, on this end. But uh, we do thank you for everyone who's who subscribes to us, everyone who has followed us. We actually had a few followers uh, over the past 10 minutes or so. Uh, Nuinso. Nuinso. I, I apologize for the mis- mispronunciation there. My bad. Did you have one more topic you wanted to hit? Because I've got one thing I want to hit up before we go, but I'll save that to the very end. Okay, 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 fantastic. Uh, something else that I really wanted to cover specifically, uh, but I feel bad because I kind of did his, just did my whole Sharpie sh- says shtick, and I know y'all hate when I get on my soapbox, but I love it up here. Um, it, it, there seems to be, I'm it, sorry. It is nice and high. It is, it is, and I'm a very short person, so I greatly enjoy it up here. You get the nice fresh air that I don't usually uh, have otherwise. Like it just, the air smells cleaner from from three feet above uh there <laughs> i'm really on it today aren't i steve <laughs> it's the night to be on this your 60 point game go for it yeah you're right you're right you're right um i think that we as a community have put a lot of a lot of our trust in certain developers right and i'm not saying that that's bad in any way shape or form what i feel though is that we should be experimenting with significantly more fighting games than we are as of right now. What do I mean by that? I want to ask everyone this really quick question. When was the last time you tried out a brand new mobile game or a brand new PC game that was related in any way, shape or form with a fighting game? Steve, I'll actually ask that question to you. When was the last time you picked up a new PC or mobile game that was related in any way, shape, or form to a fighting game? I did dabble a very little bit in... uh, Let me get my shot here up. Um, I did dabble a little bit in Tough Love Arena, Mm -hmm. but it's it's honestly been a while since I've sat down and, like, grinded out a game. Um, And and some of that's personal stuff uh, going on, but... But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely guilty of that. Yeah, and I'm not saying that we as consumers aren't all guilty of, you know, taking the occasional break from playing games. What I'm saying is that becomes an issue when then companies don't feel the need to innovate between different serialized games. I'll be very honest with you, Steve, because I know you were here covering it. I was watching Best of Five throughout the entirety of Street Five. Uh, of Street Fighter V's release, but uh, the number one complaint was that it's just doesn't seem finished, right? But the reality was Capcom had always already decided this is all we need inside of our game. This is it. This is what we need. We just need this. We need A, B, and C, right? It's a formula. If we have A, B, and C, 
the the casuals will play our game the hardcore players will play our game that's all we need a b and c right that's that's it even with the round table i still feel like people have added things like okay we need d and e we definitely need d and e can't do this game without rollback can't do this game without you know coming out completely with uh everything that we need on it right has to be completely compatible with the with the console. If it's if it's not right on the PlayStation 5, we can't come out with it day one, right? DNE. Okay, cool. Now we have A, B, C, DNE. We good. We can come out with the game as long as it has that check, 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 check. The problem becomes is that until we get games and we start looking at games outside of just those immediate realms, we're not gonna know what else we want inside of games or how much good everyone else has it, right? If 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 everyone inside of the fighting game community played at least one other game that wasn't made by a AAA publisher, and I'm including uh, SNK, Arc Systems, um, I'm including I- I'm including really any publisher that has come out with more than one fighting game uh, and has put more than a hundred thousand dollars into the game is what I would say on release. Actually, that's a really small budget. I would actually say three hundred thousand dollars. If a company has put more than $300, like play a game that costs someone less than that and take a moment to look at that game and be like, what do I like about this game? What do I dislike inside of this game? What do I wish this game had that other games don't have? What do I get, wish other games have that this game does have? You know, that's what that's what makes an intelligent consumer. And that's what helps change occur inside of our industry, right? A lot of people who play Super Smash Brothers play other games. They play League of Legends, they play Apex, they play Valorant, right? A lot of people who design Super Smash Brothers play other games. The people who made Rising Thunder were fighting game specialists, but they still had Seth Killian who was instrumental at looking at Street Fighter a different way on their team, immediately being like, here's what we want inside of Rising Thunder. Like, here's the game that I want. You know what I mean? Like they looked at it like that and they said, this is the game that we want. This is what we would want people to enjoy. And let's just put it out and see if people enjoy it type thing. That is the culmination of what I believe that we as a game industry, and that's why genuinely I believe that our industry is so powerful is because it's directly influenced with what consumers want to enjoy. But if consumers do not make it known what they want to enjoy by supporting things that showcase that, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I feel like specifically inside of the fighting game community, there are so many people who never leave their comfort zone of just Street Fighter, of just Mortal Kombat, of just Injustice. There are so many people who never ever do that. And so they don't even realize what these other games can offer them that they don't get in a certain game from a certain publisher or a certain developer. And that's where innovation really starts to occur. That's where you start really seeing things like Undernight and Melty Blood and, and, and even Killer Instinct to a certain degree start to separate themselves because they start to become more of, here's what we would love to have seen inside of this other game that we didn't get a scene, but we can make it, right? As possible, we can make it. There's, there is not enough of that inside of this community. And I'm seeing it in almost every other community. And I feel like it should be more prevalent here, but it starts as always with the player recognizing and experimenting with other games outside of their comfort zone. And, I think, and that's been Sharpie Speaks. Oh, how, what's the difference between Sharpie Says and Sharpie Speaks? Just, just for- Sharpie Speaks. Sharpie Speaks means that no one else should be talking. Sharpie Says says if you if you agree with what she's saying, then you should probably follow her on TikTok.com slash at to purple Sharpie or support her on YouTube. Oh, wrong way. Yeah, see, see, that's that's where her uh, that's where her social information is at. Um, also, five, 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 uh, that that's part. But what you're talking about is part of one of the reasons I'm interested in uh, Project L once it does come out. You know, even if the game itself doesn't catch on within the FGC, within the traditional FGC, the fact that you've got a company who historically has had a different approach uh, mm-hmm. to games 
than a Capcom, than an ArcSys, than a NetherRealm. That has mm-hmm. the potential to at least shake things up a little bit. And if they're successful, then I think that could be a game changer. But that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to see it's nice to see new faces in the community, um, especially when so many people aren't necessarily changing up the formula or the secret sauce, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So um there is one more thing I want to do before we go. We're gonna end just a hair early. Um I am hoping that this works because I'm going to add this to Discord for you to see. And Discord has been very iffy because I don't think this is the first time I've ever streamed while running uh, uh, Discord chat. Now, last week it was, or last time it was just me on my own, um, in this place at least. So that might have something to do with the technical issues, and I apologize for that. Um, but I need to, I need to name my bestie of the week, and bestie of the week for me, um, I don't get to name someone else. Name them. Um, I do not have a child of my own, at least not as of yet. But I am fortunate enough to be an uncle to three amazing girls, and now. I get to be an uncle to three amazing girls and an amazing boy. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Thomas. Thomas was born on Saturday. Uh, he is fantastic. He, 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 he's just so cute. He's so cute. He is like oh i can't say enough uh family is home mother father and baby are doing fine uh thomas you're the bestie of all time everybody, everybody else bestie of the week you should be proud of that i'm biased i i just have to say i co-sign with your choice for best bestie of the week this week, Steve, I actually think this is the strongest contender we've ever had on the show. And I want to thank Thomas so much for giving us his undedicated time because it appears as he's very busy soaking in all of that attention that he rightfully deserves. He deserves um, congratulations again, uh, Thomas, on reclaiming your title as a uh, most adorable thing in the world right now. Yes. And that very is well a, earned. And that is a title that is unchallengeable. Mm-hmm. He's got that on lock. On That's on Lifetime. Lock. I hear it expires around 13 years of ownership, but uh, you know, you get it you back in like, no. you know, your lit, your mid twenties. No, it's permanent. That, that, that's, that's a permanent tag. That's unerasable. <laughs> so that is, uh, all the time we have this week. I want to thank Sharpie for being here. I want to thank chat for being here. I want to thank everyone who's followed us. Everyone who has subscribed to us. Everyone who tweets us out, responds to us on Twitter. I really do appreciate you. We really do appreciate you. We, we try to make this show as good as we can. And, um, you know, sometimes we struggle with that. Mostly me. Can I take one moment just to thank someone? Um, Go for it. Because I, I just want to thank my parole officer who stated after, you know, 14 episodes of mandatory customer service, I would be off the hook. Um, I really appreciate that, Steve. Um, so, you know, if you're out there, Steve, the parole officer, thank you so much for putting in a good word with me and getting me time on this podcast so I could lessen my sentence after I completely and totally uh, murdered that player. Um, after I lost Owen two at a tournament, you know, I've, I've learned from my crimes. I feel like I'm a new person now. And I feel like this, this, this podcast has been really cathartic for me. So thank you. And, uh, to Sharpie's PO, uh, the above, the previous segment has been satire. None of what should what was said should be taken as fact. Uh, but what I'm about to say should be taken as fact. For all of us at Best of Five, uh, I'm Steve. That's Sharpie. I'm Sharpie. You're Sharpie. I'm Steve. Uh, send us home.
Good night, Canada. Buff Velvet. Buff Velvet main six. I know you watch this cast. Buffer. 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 Buff Velvet.